Recorded live. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Danka, and welcome to Graffiti Talk Radio, home of the hip-hop backstory. And I'm here with my host and road dog, Fresh. Fresh, where you at? Tell it, man. I'm right here. Already. And I'm, also, I have here with me is my other road dog, Bob McClot. Where you at? Yeah, I already know what I, the deal, homie. Y'all know the deal. Already, already. All right, y'all. So tonight on the line, I got a special guest. And I got Cotton Mouth Jesse in the house from the legendary group, Pound, Keys, and Mouses, y'all. And the Red Boys. man. Red number one. Already, already, man. Um, He's a native of Dallas, Texas. The Triple D, as we call it, man, Dirty, Dirty Dallas. And um, he's going to break down his beginnings in the hip-hop industry to his current projects that he got brewing up right now. So first off, uh, Cottonmouth, I want to say thank you for joining us tonight. Um, oh, it's a pleasure to holler at you, man. Um, been a fan of you for a while. And, and to just know now that, you know what I'm saying, we knew each other from back in the day is crazy, but that's all to the good, man. Um, so let everybody know where you're from and um, how you got started, man. I'm originally from uh, South Dallas Club. I started out with DJ Snake of uh, Nemesis, writing for Nemesis and writing for a whole bunch of cats uh, coming up in the game. I wasn't really interested in rapping until a best friend of mine got killed. And I started mm-hmm. messing around and won a talent contest that Nemesis and DJ Snake and uh, Ron C. was doing in Oak Cliff at this club called Genesis. Right. Won a contest and went off from there and shit. I'd already been rapping in school and stuff like that, DJing and uh first thing I put out was a group called South Coast with my uh two two little brothers and uh my little brother he uh went to jail and passed and I started doing my own thing and came up with the name Cottonmouth and fucking with Snake and started affiliating myself with him and uh got on with uh PKO out of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I'm kinda like Got in at the end of PKO, you know what I'm saying, before they really, really, the boys was already doing their thing, but like uh, the album's called No Pain, No Gain, uh, Poets and Gangsters, and uh, when Pony J changed his name to uh, Nino, that was the first yeah, song yeah. I, was, I was a part of, a song called Big Old Pimp. Okay, so, okay, so the members of um, PKO was DJ K-Sam, Magic Mark, and Pony J. Who you say, of course, became Nino. And so you yeah. said that you met, you know, said, okay. And so what you was going down to San Antonio, how did y'all, I mean, how did y'all actually hook up? Like, Snake was doing beats for PKO. He was mixing their stuff and uh, doing beats. I think he mixed and shit like Compton and a bunch of stuff for them on the Good, the Bad, the Ugly album. I think that was one of the biggest projects. Was the Good, the Bad, the Ugly album. The Snake was doing beats for him, and we actually do shows together. PKO and Nemesis Ron C. They, they all used to be on the road together. But uh, Magic Mark Outing uh, from, from uh, PKO from San Antonio, Eastside Rigsby, he was the one that really put me on game and put me, you know what I'm saying, put me in the booth and uh, put that money behind me and got that push behind me the first catch up, believe me. Okay. So, like, so back then, so you were in San Antonio with the music scene. So how was it back then, you know what I'm saying, when you – I was going, I was going back and forth between Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, but you know PKO was doing his thing. You know, uh, Pony J back then he was uh, 
very hot back then and all. I think we did uh we on Master P down South Hustlers. Right. Um, yeah. We on Master P down South Hustlers. We did we, we we did a lot of stuff and uh Pepsi mm-hmm. was on my first album hundred percent cotton mouth and yeah. that's where I started at. Then um uh, mm-hmm. after I did that I started my own little label and I had an album called uh hundred percent cotton mouth, killer cotton fields when uh Youngster Records yeah, yeah. Youngster Records changed their name to the Money Park. That's when uh, Mark Allen changed his label to Jemani Park, and he ended up catching a case at this club he owned in San Antonio, and uh, he ended up getting locked up from that. And from now, you know, I went on to do do some things and uh, put a group together called the Rally Boys. Wow. And we had uh, we had a bunch of a bunch of uh, top notch artists on the album that was ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, day, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. To this day, one of my top sellers, we had Lil Wayne on there, Be Legit, a bunch uh, of people on there. Uh, uh, too Short. Uh, you know, we, we did the last song with Roger Trapman before he passed away. He was, the last song he ever did was Rally World with me yeah. and uh, the Rally Boys. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. Dope. I remember That's that. Dope. I remember that, man. All in. Yeah, but, yeah. From, but like, but from, from day one, you know, PKO was how I got affiliated, um, you know, with with the screwed up click, PKO was one of DJ Screw's favorite favorite groups also. And oh, okay. Small, yeah, yeah. a lot of PKO on some screw tapes, and that's right, how it right. Because really I was going to ask you, yeah, what's your association with you know with, what, what associates PKO had with issues? So, well, it was kind of like it was kind of like the first time I met uh, Pimp C. Uh-huh. And I'm the first I'm the first artist out in Dallas to ever do a song with Lil' Kiki. So me and Kiki was uh-huh. the beginning of the Southside Connect as we call it. And um I used to go to Houston, you know what I'm saying, fuck with Kiki when he was with uh jam down. We still we still homies to this day. But right. my days uh-huh. my days with my days with PKO and um uh, you know, getting Pimp C on my first album hundred percent cotton mouth with the song Satisfied. We used to go back and forth, you know, through, you know, saying through Texas from Austin to San Antonio, and uh, we used to do a bunch of shows. So mm. we've always did, so, we, 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 we did wow. a lot of shows back then. So okay, so you were yeah. doing shows with with with, uh, with Pimp C. We was doing shows with everybody. We 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 did our own shows. You know, the, the old school game was you did your own show and you just bring the group. So whether it was UGK or. Uh-huh. or Little key or, or anybody, we were the first people to bring Tupac to Texas and take Sarkana. Okay. That's Joe. Damn, that's tight. Yeah, okay. So, so the boys out of San Antonio, they really don't get their card, but they was the one of the first street legend groups out of Texas, man. I mean, they was, they was out there. They dissed DJ Quick, and the whole San Antonio was riding with them. So, I yeah, know man. Uh, so, so, so tell me about that. That right there, about that uh, when he came down there to do that, just like Compton did. You know what I'm saying? Was it was it strictly wax or was it was it more serious than that, man? Like what happened? Yeah, uh, you know, you know, back then hip hop uh, was southern hip hop. Back then, you know, we was kind of like you know the South was left out, and you know they used to be. Mm-hmm. You know that song was now San Antonio. It ain't shit like Compton. They really didn't didn't flow well down there. And like mm-hmm. I say, and like back then, like I say, Pony J was like the illest, you know. <laughs> he yeah. Was the, yeah, he yeah. Was the illest, you know, he really had some real, real 
gangster shit back then. So, mm-hmm. you know, the boy, the boy went for it, you know what I'm saying, representing the third cause, man. But, you know, they blew up all the football and shit like company because the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, that, that motherfucker sold 100,000 independent. So. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, already, damn. Okay. Already. Yeah, but if it wasn't for uh, DJ Snake and Nemesis or uh, Rest in Peace to Big Al, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. Cause I wrote a, I wrote a lot of songs for Nemesis, uh, a couple of songs on Vanilla Ice album at 16 years old. You know, guy mm-hmm. named Bo Frank, he had a song called Chic Food. Back in yeah. the day, it was a dance song. I, I, I wrote two songs on his album for uh, Tommy okay. Kwan. But I was just a kid then. I, I wasn't even really serious about the game till later uh-huh. on. Uh-huh. Okay. So you was writing when you was young. Like, how young were you when you started writing? Uh-huh. I probably, shit, like 14, 15. Like, when the first time we moved from San Francisco to Houston, we used to walk to the skating ring off of Homestead and uh-huh. perform stuff like that. I went to uh, see King in Northwood and Houston. I kind of, like, moved around as I was a... Undercover blessing. Now, now that I'm older, so right, right. Okay, already. Um, all right. So, uh, you got any? Um, so what's going on with the music scene now in Dallas? Like, what's what's right now? I ain't been home in a minute. <laughs> the, the, the music scene is good in Dallas. We got a we got a lot of young cats doing their thing. It's just a it's just a different ball game. You know, I, I'd rather move a hundred thousand units than have a hundred thousand views. You know right. what I mean? Right. So that's the thing. But you got cats like uh, Mo3, Trap Boy Freddy, uh, Yellow Beezy, uh, Lil Runny, mm-hmm. uh, Belf. Oh, uh, yeah. A bunch of young cats. Lil Runny got the song, um, Throw the Ass in the Circle. And, uh, oh, Mo3, yeah. That's the thing. Mo3, <laughs> Mo3, he really kind of like the hottest cat for the, the street shit go. He got uh, Boosie behind him. But it's a okay. lot of talent up here. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, the the new game. When I was young, we were affiliated all around Texas. So now it's mm-hmm. like everybody is local. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, I, and, and, and that's important. I think that, you know, you know, to stay local, to stay underground, man, we got to, you know, we got so to gotta be, you got to be, you, you be affiliated. Like I say, you know, right. we, were, we, we were the first guys bringing Houston here and, uh, you know, it was vice versa. It was kind of like everywhere you went, it was like a Texas love. You, you know, you had to be in San Antonio. You had to be in Austin. You had to be in Houston. You had to be in Dallas. You had to be at the Capitol. You had to be at the, the Crawfish Fest in Louisiana. You had to be in a whole bunch of places, but... You know, to me, DJ Screw put us all on, you know, and, and, and gave us the lane that we needed, so we really didn't need no radio with DJ Screw and Southwest Wholesale and Strong Independent Hustling back then, you know. Mm-hmm. But okay. also, like I yeah. said, I, I'm, I'm affiliated with uh, Screwed Up Click, uh, Rick Shop, uh, Swisher House, everybody, man. Like back, back then, we was all just trying to affiliate ourselves with each other, man. I got a. Mm-hmm. I got a story of, of of listening to Fat Pat for weeks at a time. You know, back back then they had the numbers on the cassettes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, I remember calling the cassette and talking to D Rick a couple of days. He didn't know me from a hole in the motherfucking ground, but he he could see I was a real cat. And he was like, "Man, come to Houston and fuck with us and woo whoop." And once again, like I say, divine intervention. My birthday is February third, and I meet D Rick, follow up in Rick Shop Records. And I find out Fat Pat down my birthday is wrote on the wall when I walk in. In my mind, I'm like, damn, that's just fucked up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I'm talking to D-Rick, we get to know each other, shit like that. 
DJ Screw and Michael Watts pop up at the same time. So it's like, once again, I'm right there when Texas history is being created because Michael Watts and Screw had never met each other till that point. I'm standing right there like, damn. You know, I'm like, I'm story, real story, real story. I'm Scrug. I got my, my wife for Killer Cotton Fields. I'm giving <laughs> Screw. I'm giving it to Watts. And Slim Thor was with Watts. He got troubles on his face. Watts in the old school black novel. It was like a crazy day. I, I remember this day. Like, sometimes that shit was just crazy. Like, from that point on, that's when it to me, it became like Texas. We all was like, man, we're going to fillet this shit all over Texas, and we're going to do our motherfucking thing. And I'm in Dirty Third Part 2. I think I got like a little scene in there. Okay. Part 2, but I'm going to Texas, man. I love Texas hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I don't do number. I don't do number jam school. If it's not on the school tape, I can't hear it, man. <laughs> Already. Oh, you, know how, you know how we do it. You know yeah. how we do it. Well, you know what? I wanted to go back and talk a little bit more about uh, PKO. You know what I'm saying? Um, it do you? I mean, you know, can you tell me a little bit about everybody's uh, style? You know what I'm saying? What did everybody bring to the group to make the group? You know what I'm saying? Who they uh, were? You know? Magic Magic started rapping with PKO way before I even knew of PKO. He he used to rap. Him and Pony uh-huh. James rapper and K Sam. You know, he rapped, he rapped on that, too. But as they went on in progress, Pony J became the, the vocal point, and Magic Mark was the CEO. And um, they had a guy named Pinhead from Fort Worth. He had a album on it. And um, they had a bunch of stuff going, man. They was doing the uh, bass albums when DJ Snake was battling Magic Mike. Uh, rest in peace to, you know what I'm saying, Magic Mike was the, the bass back then, and we was going to car shows, and... Mm-hmm. Snake, you know, play instrumentals and you know back then, you know, you know back to the era of like the bass music and yeah, we we had a label, but it was like we had the street hip hop, we had the bass music, then we had the concerts going on, and we were the first group to have hats and shirts and jackets mm-hmm. and everything for the whole, you know, the whole staff to wear out promoting and hanging up posters. It was just like, you know, the old school game. It ain't the, ain't the same no more. Back then, you had a staff, you had a studio, mm-hmm. and everybody was doing their job. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. You know. And we was getting to the money. So once mm-hmm. they snatched the money out, start making the music free, the whole independent game is like fucked up now. So Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Already. Um, okay. Now when you um when y'all worked with Master P, tell me about that. Well, were you all ever gonna be part of uh No Limit? Did, did he ever come to y'all? No Master P he he uh he did some smart shit back then because everybody that was affiliated from Texas to Louisiana to Mississippi on down to Florida, man, he kinda like went and talked to you face to face and everybody was on down south hustlers, you had to have your own transportation but he looked out for everybody on down south hustle tour and everybody showed up and did their thing. But you know, it was kinda like crazy, like I say, and that's when C Lope when uh when Boosie was with C Lope back then. So Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um the X Mob and uh Young Bleed I know. Yeah, oh, yeah, young blue. Now, hey, now was C Lope? Was he was he part of PKO? No, C Lope is from uh, Boot Camp. Uh, oh, that yeah. group. Okay, okay. He had the song on Master P. How you do that there? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. Uh, okay. Yeah, he he was the first cat to have uh, Boosie before he blew up like that. So. Okay. 
But that's like I say, it's all it's all it's all affiliated because like I say, that's when you went state to state and the drums the drums changed up. When you went to Louisiana it changed up. Came to mm-hmm. Texas, we screwed up. You go to Memphis, mm-hmm. the bass, the, the bass they had, you know, Memphis had a different sound. It just mm-hmm. would be different sounds to let you know where you was at, you know what I mean? Right, right. Without, without Southwest Wholesale, Selecto Hits, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Louisiana, uh, uh, City Hall in California, ARC in Cincinnati. I mean, the, the independent Texas, the Texas, we, we, we was all getting to the money. So everybody affiliated with each other since day one. That's why you don't never see the OG cats of Texas really just beefing with each other because we used to spend too much time around each other, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. I don't know that. You know, it goes so deep, man, so. Okay, okay. All right. Oh, let's see. All right. Yeah. Now, what about, uh, what about CeeLo? CeeLo Pinhead from PKO. Okay, yeah. So that's who Pinhead is. Pinhead is CeeLo. Yeah, he called himself okay. CeeLo, but then he changed the pen, pinhead. The CeeLo I was speaking about is the guy from Baton Rouge. That's a whole different cat. But CeeLo, okay. pin, pinhead was CeeLo. He changed his name to Pinhead after the 817 most wanted album. Right, right. Right. Okay. But it was, a, uh, it was a bunch of cats Magic Mark had uh, that was from San Antonio back then. A lot of people a lot of people was down, but when Magic Mark caught his case and he... He fought a case for a couple of years, and uh, he ended up getting locked up for it. And, you know, everything just kind of, like, fell apart, and everybody started doing their thing and growing up and, you know, getting involved with the hustle, you know. So yeah, yeah. we all we branched off and started doing our own little things and running our own little labels and stuff like that. I remember Nino had um, a couple of compilation albums he put out under his label. K-Sam dropped a, a solo. And uh, Snake, you know, Snake been producing for years. You know, Snake is the originator of all this, you know, funk and G-funk street shit of the South. So, mm-hmm. let's salute DJ Snake and Nemesis, man. Let's salute. Right, right. Oh, Dr. Okay. Dre. Yeah. Okay. What What about, um, did, um, when you were with PKO, did y'all ever have any music that was unreleased, that, ne- that never got released? Uh yeah, we got plenty of stuff that never got released. Plenty of stuff. I don't I don't have the masses to it. Magic Mark probably do. We we got a lot of stuff that was never released. So much music we left. Like I said, the last PKO album is No Pain No Gain. And um, man, we have so many songs on on that right there. That's when uh, Magic ended up getting locked up. So, but that's yeah, that's a badass album. It's uh, me, Pony J, Pinhead. And uh, Snake did majority of the, of the music, and uh, Mikey D did some music on that. Right, right. Uh, Mikey, Mikey D is the original producer of PKO before they got with Nemesis and started doing stuff. So, cause you said with who? Mikey D. Mikey, Mikey D. D. Mikey D. Pony J. Magic Mark, K. Sam, and uh, DJ AK. And then they had the song before, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. It was called Money, Mac, and Trick. That was the first thing they was known for. That was like the early 90s. And just like UGK and just like PKO, everybody thought they was from Dallas because they spent so much time up here. People thought UGK was from Dallas when they first came out with the uh, Tell Me Something Good. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Because every back then all the all the record labels was taking UGK on tour doing doing little you know country shows and you know stuff like that. Cause that's how we used to do it. You know, we bring each other. You know, make our own shows. Mm-hmm. That was that was main point of the game. That's how that's how Master P started when he was doing his own shows. So back in the gap, the CEOs ran the labels and you did shows. You did your own show, and then you, your group opened up and everybody ate. So. Mm-hmm. We are chasing love, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. But this group put us all on. Uh, it was yeah. Put us all on. Well, for screw, wouldn't be nobody. So. I want to hear some DJ screw stories. You ain't got no DJ screw stories. <laughs> man, the one I just told you, the first time I met him, it was mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, the second time I ran across him going to his house with uh Big Mo, I used to fuck with Big Mo off of Old Man's Trail. I used to be at the car wash selling drink and shit like that. So I met uh Big Mo was right on the south side of Houston, and we used to yeah. just talk, fuck around. We come to Houston, go up there and fuck with him. And one day, he took she took us to Screw House, and we was fucking off and doing our thing, whoop the whoop, and some hoes end up fighting in Screw House, and the shit was just hilarious, man. <laughs> Like they're in the house, everybody, you know, they 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 in the house and you know, we talking and laughing and kicking shit and the whole bus out fighting like a motherfucker. I don't know if I don't know if it was over some drink or over some bullshit, but there was something going on and shit was hella funny. They fought and everybody was laughing at them to fight. I was like, Man, you know, they're pretty tripping like a bit. Screw that looking at the ass, screw that looking at them like you all are stupid up here. So. <laughs> that was a real cat, man, it was a real cat and like I say too, uh through Lil' Key and um, us, and um, I don't know if you ever heard of Bowleg from Stampede Records. Uh, we used to all bring the screwed up sick on a Wednesday to this club called Diamonds in Oak Cliff, and uh, me, the Rally Boys, Bowleg, and Stampede. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Gator Man from, from Dallas. We all used to be at this one club every other week right in front of Redbird Mall, and that's how we started fiddling Dallas and Houston together, you know. Yeah. We go down. We go down there and do our thing and make a make on a weekday and uh, uh, club rhythms and Mean Green and you know with this all affiliation, man. You know, east side of Austin and north side of Austin and shit, all kind of shit, man. All the country towns in between, man. <laughs> but it's, it's a it's a brand new game now. I kind of I kind of miss the old way because we wasn't doing business with the hidden hand. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Right yeah. now, all the independent cats, you just getting emails and uploading your song to people's software, and you know they send you, a, you know, send you a check that you can't go back and research and see where your numbers come from and where your real audience is. So, like every or every artist is doing business with somebody behind the curtain. You can't even put a face to who you're doing business with now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say it, but yeah, they stopped it. They drop the game to a penny a minute with the stream, and it's just all back. So they, they, that's kind of like a another knock to kind of like knock the entrepreneur because people was getting ripped off the independent rap game back back in the day. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so. Yeah. Wow, man. So from um, so now Rally Boys, 
Now, you said Rally Boys. Now, was that just a group or was that just a, a compilation of different people? As you, uh, as you said? That was a group. A couple of uh, homies of mine uh, asked me to join this group, but everybody's getting rap. Like, we had one guy, he was the CEO. We had another guy, he was like the promoter. His name was uh, Six Trey Rally. And we used to have a club called the Spy Club on every Thursday night. And uh, Six what? Trey Rally. He, he oh, on the Spy out. Club? Yeah, the old spot club. He would always okay. bring groups. He would always bring groups to Dallas, and every group he brought, we would do a song with him. And uh, you know, we put album together and shit. Jumped in the car one one day with like three, four bags full of money and McDonald bags, and we went out and got all kind of features and shit. We made a we made a nice historic album, and still mm-hmm. you know offer it to this day. So I read it. Yeah, the same thing is kind of like the. The first ones out of Dallas to do something big like that, but we had so much going on. The only rappers was uh, me and all this cat named Jesus, no. So, but he was part of the team too. So, okay. So it was kind of like it was kind of like four CEOs, and I was the artist, but one CEO wanted to rap a little bit. But it was kind of like a compilation, but we rapped on every song with every feature. So. Oh, okay. Okay. We did very well with that album, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing, how, how, how we ended up on, on fruit tapes and stuff like that was like the Rally Boy stuff, because we just go down and hit the man and just mash the gas and, you know, fill it ourselves. And, you know, back then it was kind of like, even though we're from a third coast, you still had to show up with your skills and your artistry and ready to do something, because, you know, Houston used to, Houston still is the mecca of hip-hop for Texas. So yes, back then, when you went to Houston, you used to have your, your war hat on and be ready to go because if you weren't talented, they're going to let your ass know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, so indeed. You're still like that now, but, you know, the game's so watered down now, untalented people is getting on. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so... From um, so since the rally boys, what have you been doing since the like? What have you done since rally boys up to now? Oh, uh, after rally boys, I got a couple of solo albums I did: uh, Urban Legend, or uh, Cotton Candy, or uh, Authentic King Kong Cotton. The catalog run deep, so right now oh. I got a single out. I got a single out called Dallas with uh Jamie Foxx. I got a new album called Rally World Volume Three Underground Twenty. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I got yeah, Jamie. Yeah. Charlie Boy on there, uh, mm-hmm. Big Dokey G from Stony Crook on there. He affiliated with Pookie and Lucci or uh, Fat Pimp on there. Yeah. Uh, I call uh, who was Me. He's on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who, who was Me? He got a bunch of club songs that've been hitting for years and shit. Y'all should yeah. be up Fat Pimp with the Rack Daddy. So I'm still yeah. affiliated. Uh, you know, I got a couple of undergrounds out. Uh, what the fuck's up? One and two. You know, but my, my my main focus right now, I'm working on the best of Cottonmouth and the King Kong Cotton Part 2. But mm-hmm. the Underground 20 and the, the Dallas song featuring Jamie Foxx, that's, that's what's really hot right now. Yeah, yeah, now that, that, yeah. that song right there is some fire. I've been jamming that lately. Um, yeah, that's produced by uh, legendary Mr. Lee. So, you know, I got okay. tracks with Lee on there and... Uh, I just been, you know, getting getting my shit together. I took all my stuff down off the net behind uh, a distribution uh digital services that was some really some bullshit and fucking mm-hmm. out money and I had to take all my shit down and uh I should have all my stuff back up by this fall. 
mm-hmm. you know, I went through some things with the with the people behind the umbrella. So I'm just mm-hmm. letting cats know, you know, you, we do business with people we can't see and talk and touch to, and you know, you got to be careful nowadays because your music will be everywhere and you're missing missing all kinds of money, man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. It's kind of like some people don't even want to talk about it. They're scared to talk about it, but it is what it is. I mean, everybody will keep on thinking the the, 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 un- the underground independent game is steady moving up. You're crazy because... You can't you can't do business with people you don't know. So you can't just keep on putting music up for free and you know, everybody got a hat and a shirt to sell and the music is free. So if the music don't mean nothing, what are we doing? Exactly. Right. I mean it it, it don't right. make sense. And yeah, it's it really crazy. I mean, I'm the industry now, like I am I have just been just so appalled and just like what is really going on? Well, you know, yeah. I've been I've been to plenty of conferences and stuff like that and when I hear uh-huh. people say and I heard people say, well, now they're selling content. It's not about the music, it's about the story. And I'd be like, well, I didn't make up some bullshit and record it. And you want to you be in contact with the content. And from the content, you buy the music or you buy the hat or the shirt. I'm like, the music is the soul. The music is the, the flesh of, of of our being. You know, that's the vibration. You know, people be like, "Ah, oh, man, we're gonna sell you the hand. You can get the shirt. Hey, man, I want the music. Let me give you your money for your music, man. Right. Give me right. the hat. Sure. Give me the hat. I, I'll pay you fifty dollars for your music if the shit's good. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you just make me to get in the car and just wear the hat and the music trash. Then that's backwards. Your music trash. You got a nice hat. You got a nice shirt. Right. <laughs> man, but your music sucks like a motherfucker, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. You know, it's, it's a new game, it's a new world, but just for us being independent, just like you guys with your radio show, you know, the the main radio used to be the focus. Now it's a million of you guys. It's a million podcasts. It's just, you know, so the game is opened up like that. It's a million rappers, a million podcasts, and, you know, everybody trying to do their thing. But we got to get back to the to, to, to the construction of, 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 of independent music. I, I used to love going to different places and hearing mm-hmm. different for different styles and different music and mm-hmm. you know or you know go to Louisiana and that bounce music they had bounce and they had street music you know right, so right. same thing you know you go to Memphis they got you know the, the Memphis walk and they got the street music you know same thing right. everywhere you went it was different you know and 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 that's what made you want to get off your ass and go travel because you want to see things, you know, see something different, you know. That's right, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, that's where we come in to where you know this show is dedicated to the backstories from the from 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 real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's to preserve and to 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 be that bookkeeper of yeah, the exactly. story. You know what I'm saying? Of the real uh, stories that made hip hop that made the rap game, you know? Mm-hmm. You know. It's timeless classic music. The music moves so fast now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Drake had my last month. Back, you know, back in IG, I had lasted the whole year. Now nigga had them last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's so true, man. That's so true. Now, you know, it's, it's crazy, you know, but mm-hmm. that's how fast the music is moving now. You know, you can't even get used to that. I'm like, okay, you got an album, you got another album coming out next Monday. Like, right. I ain't listening that fast, man. You know, screw fuck me up, you know, shit. I got to yeah. slow that shit down, man. Bring <laughs> right. oh, it back. Let me, let me hear what he said again, screw, you know. Right. 
And you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It'd be kind of like, you know, you jump in the car in Dallas, it takes three hours to get to Houston. You put one screw tape in, and that motherfucker over with you in Houston. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> You know, it's two hours. That's right. It's two hours in Houston, Austin. You put that motherfucker in, you're going to be in Austin when that motherfucker go out. So it was kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you, it was like you, get, you got hip to music you didn't know about. You're like, yeah, I ain't never heard it there. You know, you research, you you go to the store and look for, okay, man, this this was on that screw tape. Get your ass see what he's talking about. He's like the song off the screw tape. So now it's like you yeah. got a, a million motherfucking mixtapes out here, and they all got the same shit on. Like, you can't buy a mixtape that got some some authentic shit on it you ain't never heard, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Everywhere you go, the same mixtape in the corner store got the same shit on it. Like, yeah. And you know, no, man. You know, we had it bad with the mixtape, but we had a we, we had a the the two disc set with the videos with, with like oh, hundred fifty yeah. videos on the third one. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's where it's at now. You know, it, it's it's yeah. more it, it's more visual and content. But I just I, I sometimes just miss that that one artist, that one flow. Mm-hmm. You know, that that one person that was sticking out like a father's feet. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. He got some stank on him when he gonna, you know, you sit back and watch that artist go from where he from to top of the charts. And you be like, man, we was jamming eight ball and them eight, nine, ten months for a year before, before anybody heard of him. You know, like they heard about it. Oh, that's old to us. I mean, back in the gap when the radio plays here, about two hours, man, this shit old to us. We've we, we been jamming this shit. Mm-hmm. You know? Word, word, yep. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, you know what? I didn't ever, I didn't even ask you. So when you were growing up, who in okay? Even though you said you know what I'm saying you you were writing music at a young age. Who um, did somebody influence you? You know, as far as in the music industry, or was it just a a talent that you had? You know, I would, I would say being young, coming up. You know, we was young. Your your folks bought you your twelve hundreds, your first mm-hmm. twist instead of turntables. Mm-hmm. You, know, right. you know, back in the gap, you know, it's all hip hop. So I come up breaking. I come up, you know, doing graffiti. You know, so right. I was a kid, you know, before I got before I got my first shot of the streets it was breaking. It was cardboards and graffiti and drawings and making beats on tables and you might have one, two homeboys here, one turntable, you had another, you go buy your little bullshit, mix some radio shack and you go to uh, to a record store and you know, you start collecting collecting uh, records and they came up with the S P twelve hundred, you could sample shit in that motherfucker fast and you know. You know, I hear pop used to be it was all samples, you know. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice break yeah. beat, you know. Everybody wanted to DJ the, the talent shows or the party after the football game. So that was before, you know, the streets or the, you know, the the venom of of the of the streets got to me. You know, mm-hmm. graduated, started growing up, being in the streets, and then it's a transition from just a love of hip-hop to kind of like spitting my life on, on, on through a mic. And I've always considered myself an MC, even... Even if I'm spitting street shit, I still want to spit it in an MC formula. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, sir. But, yeah, but, but it's Texas. That's Texas. Period. It's just we don't consider ourselves like battle rappers or you know stuff like that, like the old school hip hop. But it's still to the point where you can't get in the studio with me and things just gonna just flow some bullshit out your mind. I'm gonna go make it sit out and think about what we're talking about so you can have some type of you know content and substance. But the flow and the strategy and the style. My rhymes is like is how we started out rapping. You don't hear that no more. My style is like, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
I yeah. used to be my couches. My style is your proper cradles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you just don't hear rap like that. But coming up, that's what it was to me. I'm I'm really hip hop, born and raised in tour. It's like the my biggest influence was Schoolie D, Mantronics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think of another cat that I used to jam when I was young, uh, Houdini. I used to love Houdini. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. The first time so, I heard King T and Ice T, okay. it was over. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> King yeah, T and yeah. Ice T. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. See, the first time I heard Ice-T, it was, you know, Dog in the Wax, on Wax. And, you know, back then, some, some artists only only produced Wax. Like, I was, uh, Karis One is my biggest influence. Because all I used okay. to do was collect, I used to collect Boogie Down production records mm-hmm. when I was a kid, you know. And yeah. back, in the gap, back in the gap, Boogie Down Productions only pressed up Wax. Some stuff you couldn't get on cassette, because mm-hmm. they only did Wax, so... I used to have a guy named Puma, and uh, I don't know if y'all remember yeah. the manipulator. Oh, yeah, Puma and the manipulator, yeah. I am the manipulator. They call me Puma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that shit, the uh, skinny boys from Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Shit, Steady B, Cool C, Larry Live, Three Times Dope. Mm-hmm. A bunch of shit. You know, I'm from the South, but, you know, we came up on the East Coast. so Exactly, because I was going to say that. I said it because basically, even though we are from the South, the 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 East Coast, you know what I'm saying? They are the ones that really influenced us until we heard Ice T, and then our eyes went to the West Coast. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, so, so, see here, where I'm from, I, I got a dose of the West Coast because I was a kid watching DOC freestyle at uh Shamrock. Yeah, that's, that's another influence of, of you yeah. know getting Crayolas and and earning earning your posse name on the back of your T-shirt and going to the skate rings. And back then it was a guy named Dr. Rock on K104 FM. And, uh, yes, sir, Dr. Rock. Dr. Rock was affiliation through Dr. Dre Easy and D.O.C. was rapping from West Dallas, but D.O.C. used to go live every Saturday night at Sherrock. Yeah, ring I remember that. The skate ring would damn near be so packed just waiting on D.O.C. to freestyle right before it closed, so... Mm-hmm. I came up also, you know, watching D.O.C. do his thing, you know, Snake Nim. Mm-hmm. And back then, Nemesis and DJ Snake Nim, they didn't, they didn't, they got along, but it was kind of like dissing each other back then, like West Dallas so clip type shit, because D.O.C. Yeah. had a song called Tupper's Man Alive. He was dissing uh, Snake Nim's song called Old Clip. So it was oh, all yeah. different shit, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. It never led to no head busting or no, you know, no ignorance. You know, the people representing their hood, you know, back then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did you have any beef with any rappers? Did you, you didn't do no, no, no beef songs, did you? I no, I don't do, I don't do beef songs like that. I'm kind of like, I'm see, I'm coming to your show, Jack. Mm-hmm. All right. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I'm right. Cool. I'm a one. You know, he. Mm-hmm. To come snatch your ass off stage, you know. What's the boy that got you this one back in the gap? He snatched off stage. Ooh, got the PM dog. Yeah. The dude, the dude for PM dog. <laughs> yeah. He snatched their ass yeah. off stage for this and him. So, you know, I just, uh-huh. I, 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 I came up, I came up like that. You know, when you know, you know, same thing. You know, you know, you talking on wax. You know, back then, every everywhere you went, you know, you had to show and prove, but it wasn't no violence. Shit. It was like. Show us your talented. Show us your boys really, really got some, you know. Right, right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Hip hop, hip hop has evolved. I tell you that. 
If it has, it has truly evolved. Everybody, um, everybody got their shit to represent now. Yeah, yeah. We came up, we came, we came up in the real area. I don't know how old everybody is, but I feel like we got a dose to learn everybody. So mm-hmm. we did. We can go, yeah, we can go places and fit in because we got a chance to listen to Too Short before we went to Oakland. You know, we got a chance to to hear about Compton before we went to Compton. We got a chance to hear about New Orleans before you went to New Orleans. So, you know, we got a chance to listen to Memphis and, you know, all that shit before we went to Memphis type shit. Right. Chicago. You know what I'm saying? You knew knew back then because the the rap music was like the news, you know. When you get your ass, listen to these boys right here, they'll tell you what's going on around here. That's right. Right. That's right. Well, that was popped news, though. Yeah. Now you, yeah. Be, now you can be in goddamn Idaho. You swear to God, you was in Atlanta. <laughs> okay. Already. Already. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any advice for, for, for these new cats that's coming in the game, man? You know? Uh, my, my advice to cats in the game is set your business up correctly, pay your taxes, you know, do your write-offs and everything else. Anywhere you can squeeze a penny, I just, I just game now. Make sure you're on top of it, and uh, make sure you got some good, some good people behind you. It's just your support system, and keep on making music because can't nobody tell you what it hit you. So you know, but that's why I like SoundCloud too, because. You know, I just got, like, I'm just now getting, you know, getting, I ain't going to say just now, but I'm still, like, getting in rotation with the SoundClouds and, mm-hmm. you know, all the stuff that you can provide your music to, like, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. Drake. Drake uses the SoundCloud like it's a screw tape, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all this all, all, all exclusive shit, you can go to SoundCloud. It probably was on the SoundCloud before he dropped it to the world, so. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the, right. the, king of, the, the king of scream is what, Jay, is what Drake is. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Oh, really. Jay. yeah. Jay, you there? Yo, fresh. Okay. <laughs> fresh the bird. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, hey, what's going? On? Okay, hey, you you got anything you wanna you wanna add? You got any questions you wanna add? Yeah. Um, one of the questions I wanna ask. So um, that album y'all did, they scared of a nigga. Who who idea was it to do that, man? Because y'all had the head songs with the politicians' names with George, George Bush and uh, David Duke. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who idea was that, man? I, I thought that was so funny back in the day when I saw that. Man, Pony J and uh, Magic. Pony J and Magic. But like I say, that 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 L right there is when I'm carrying records. It's when I'm, you know, road hogging. You know, looking at right. you know look people coming up, but, you know, Pony J, crazy ass, and Magic, you know, but, you know, the the first pick out of the boys was very, you know, conscious and, you know, street knowledge mixed with that politic type shit, you know, and that was the era, you know, that was the era of NWA, so all the independence took, took place with that, so that's when that street music, you, you know, talk about your, your senators and your males and knocking, knocking motherfuckers off, you know. Right, right, and, you know, and back then, you know, that's when, we all had a different sound, man, you know, just sitting here listening to y'all and, you know, back in the day, well, you know, nowadays when somebody do a performance on stage, you know, they all, they doing cyphers or they got all uh, the, uh, the the special effects on stage. And, you know, back then, man, all you had was the rapper and the DJ, man, so you better have something to sell or at least be entertaining. 
Yeah, exactly. And the dancers. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dancers. That's me. I love shit. I Big Daddy came, man. I never yeah. I, 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 I never missed a fresh fish, you know. Hey, fresh fish was a chick. Hey, I'll tell you, man. Yeah, I see yeah. you like I tell I see you like I tell everybody else, man. See, when I was like five, six years old, I was deep in the heavy metal, you know what I'm saying? I was jamming the smashing pumpkins and black Sabbath and all that. Big yeah. Daddy Kane ain't no half seven was the very first rap song I ever heard, man. When I saw that video it was over with for me. That was the very first song they introduced <laughs> me to hip hop. Yeah, already. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh-oh. Already, sir. Yeah, real talk, man. Yeah, already, yeah. man. Yeah. Bomba, you got any questions you want to ask? Oh, yeah, like on the uh, Nemesis albums, did you write on all of them? No, uh, Temple of Boom. Okay. Not Munchies for Bass or nothing like that, right? It was uh, Temple of Boom. I think that was after much. I, I I did a little production work on Munchies for Your Bass. But Munchies for Your Bass was an independent album before it went major. Okay. So they, okay. They, had a bunch of, they had a bunch of songs that was already on the independent version. And they did the uh, profile uh, worldwide major version. But Temple of Boom is where I really got my work in to see what it was like to be in a studio, you know, what a hook was, a 16, and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, Big Al, he wasn't a rapper. He liked heavy metal, so he never really rapped. He he liked heavy metal shit, you know, and he does, <laughs> you know, write the song and shit like that, and that's how I know uh, Big Mike. That's how I know 3-2, because they used to write right. for them also. So, And once wow. again, that, 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 they go right back to what I'm saying about, you know, the whole affiliation since I was a kid, you know, three, especially 3-2. Uh, because 3 2 and Big wow. Mike, they used to write for Nemesis. They was writing for Dr. Dre. They was doing a whole bunch wow. of shit, you know, back then. Them boys, you know, still to this day, you know, them boys could rap their ass off, you know. Mm-hmm. And sure. them, was, them was the first guy that, that showed me the the MC perspective of, of spitting it in third coast form, you know. That's especially uh, 3 2, rest in peace, but. That cat right yeah. there, man, 3-2 was a beast with that pen. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. 3-2. Yeah, 3-2, 3-2 used to come up here, Big Mike, and they all would be fucking with DJ Snake. Up. Snake had a major club called Genesis, and they would always bring rap a lot and a bunch of, bunch of people. That's how I met Boss or Luke Skywalker. A bunch of people because Snake used to do them concerts and have his clothes on Snake. So that's dope. That's dope. Mm-hmm. So it was all like I said. It was all, it was, it was all affiliation, you know. Especially when you know you had Lit J and Mean Green and Greer Street. Everybody coming through with the business, and you know that's how the South. That's how that's really how the South was won, man. Just through communication, affiliation, and and conferencing with each other and. Showing love, and then before we knew it, you know, the South was here. That's right. But there's so many people. There's, there's so many people that really don't get a, that really don't get a lot of props. But people that know the real deal, they know where it started from. Yeah. Right. Hey, look, it's just one more question, man, and I'm through. See, you know, you're talking about uh, rap a lot and all them. Like, uh, did rap a lot and Swamp House ever come through y'all towns, and were were they scouting for talent? Over there? Yeah, back in the gap, Lil J always signed uh, a lot of people, man. Lil J, Lil J signed a lot of people back then. But like I say, 
down here in Texas, we had Southwest Wholesale. Southwest Wholesale, yeah. they, they owned all the Warehouse Musics. Remember Warehouse oh, Music back in the gap? And all yeah, that day? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, you know, Southwest Wholesale, they was like a record label, but, you know, they only dealt with the independents and they dealt with the majors, but they gave every independent person out of Texas that, that lane, that machine to run your shit through, and you had to worry about, you know, where you had to go. You know, you could sell it yourself or you could sell it to Southwest Wholesale. And shit, back in the gap, you know, them folks that want to deal with no street cash, so you damn it get paid up front for your CD as soon as you show up with them pressed up. If they thought you could move 5000 they're going to buy 5000 up front and take your chairs on and use that for your promotion. And you back door another three months, drop another one, and keep on, you know, you keep, you keep the whole machine running. It's all black and white money that you're pulling green from. So you was able to look at your money in black and white, and they're gonna give you some of your and give you some of your money, but you know you gotta wait for your returns and you know stuff like that that came back from the stores. You know that you know shit that wasn't moving in some cities, but you was worldwide. All you had to do was get in your get, get in your van, your truck or whatever, and go get your get your purchase order form and go. But you know, rap about was kind of like the headline there. Rap about kind of showed everybody the way for being independent. And then when everybody found out about Southwest Wholesale and Selecto hits in Memphis, it was over. Yeah, yeah. And those was the those are the two those are the, those are the two key major things to the independent game in the South: Selecto hits and Southwest Wholesale. Hmm. And what's the yeah. two things? You you do the history on anybody from the South, they'll tell you Southwest Wholesale. They was shit. They was on their shit. They was on their shit, and they did. They did good business. They did good business. They a lot of people. They made a lot of people money. Yeah. So, look, what ended up happening with Southwest Wholesale, man? Because they went out of business all of a sudden. Oh, uh, the game started evolving. You remember the game started evolving. They started coming up with these resale places where they bought your your CD for two, three dollars and resold it. So once they started, remember they started coming up with these recycle places where you can go buy a CD for a dollar and two dollars and they start killing the game, and those start being collecting places, and they start moving to uh, the digital shit, and Napstar fucked it up for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, Napstar was the first way people bootlegged your music digitally. Yeah, I The Napstar and uh, your Lil Wayne's and uh, Chameleonaires making mixtapes every week or whatever it was. Just start getting a hold. The whole market just started being overflooded with a lot of garbage. Not saying their music was garbage, but it was a lot of stuff just like in the way. Like right now, it's a lot of stuff that's just in the way. It's just some hot bullshit, you know. There's so much hot, so much hot bullshit now. You can't decipher through the shit. Right. For sure. Yeah. 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 That was just like we had an interview with Crazy C, man, and. What he had said, it hit the, the nail right on the head because he was saying that, you know, back then, you know, you had the record labels. They were the gatekeepers to the industry. But then as soon as the Internet opened up, you know, everybody was starting to put out their music. But, you know, it, it started getting watered down with a lot of the garbage because at least, you know, with the record labels, they were the gatekeepers, but they kept a lot of the garbage out. Yeah, exactly. 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 Well, you know, it's it's gonna come back, and it's it's gonna come back so strong. It just, I just be, I just be hoping that there's some young kids out there that want to know the inside scoop. You know, it's kind of like the people that make all the softwares and apps and all the uploads 
for people to put their music up on, those are the people making the money because you get charged per album or per single to upload your music. You see what I'm saying? So those are the people getting paid. If, if I take a 1,000 motherfuckers and charge them $79 a piece to upload your music on my format, I'm rich. Mm-hmm. You know? So the, the artists and the labels, they missing out because, like I said, you can't even go research where you really hot at, where you really getting screamed at. There's no no particular app yet that's really that really tones in to okay they 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 streaming your music a lot over here in Denver. They buying a couple of downloads in Louisiana. They want you in concert in Texas. They have no way of really just checking the temperature of what you're doing. So everybody is just throwing rocks in the dark and 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 posting on your Instagram, your Facebook, and all that. But you don't really know who you reaching. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. And, and from that, you got artists nowadays. They turn people's heads off for shows. So the independent labels, we can't, you can't do shows no more and bring your Gucci mans and, and your Yo Gotti's and your money bag yo's to a concert and your label open up for them and you make money for your record label and your artists and good money. Now it'd be like, ain't no regular label going to pay no $50 for no artist to come. So now you got the corporate world and the sponsors coming in doing these big concerts. And then you got the labels paying artists hush money. Not not to let the real fans know that, hey, man, I'm not moving a lot of records. just paying me to keep my mouth closed. Y'all just scream my music for a penny a minute, you know. Uh, so the game is really yeah. the game is crazy, you know. There's a lot of major a lot of major artists. They're not moving no minutes. They're getting paid to shut their ass up. And uh, look good. Yeah. Uh, so I know what I see. I'm, 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 I'm going to stay on the ground, you know what I'm saying, Peter Pimp. I'm going to stay an underground king. I'd rather put 5000 in my trunk and make 50000 than goddamn upload some shit. Now you're doing listen to my shit, and I'm getting a couple of hundred dollar checks every month. It's all good, but hey, man, if I can run through my hood and sell 3000 and make 30000 I'm good. You know? That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. We back on the block with it. They never left the, we the only state that ain't never left the block with it. You know, you can come and take uh, you don't catch an artist selling their music, you know. They might give for it sure. to you for five dollars. They might give it to you for three dollars. They might give it to you for ten. But you're always gonna have somebody in Texas coming out the trunk, you know. We still got stores here, but you know, back in the gap, man, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, all those Midwest places, man. Those was those was diehard Texas fans, man. Right. Diehards. Oklahoma, Arkansas. Diehard Texas fans, and now, like I said, everywhere you go, it's just it's like the same shit everywhere you go. I'm like, man, goddamn it, where where's the authentic shit at? You know, the, the authentic crowd, the authentic vibe, the authentic people. You know, every every goddamn trapper think he's a rapper now. You know, like man, you just, just because you move a couple of nickel bags don't mean you goddamn MC Rock M, man. crazy. <laughs> 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 uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Um, and I hate that too because every young cat thinks now he got to be a dope dealer to be a rapper. He just can't be an MC and, and be good right. with lyrics and, and, and words and shit like that. Every youngster I run into, majority of them think I got to be in a trap. Okay, now I'm Jeezy. Nah, man, now you're going to be dead in a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you just don't, you just don't wake up and start selling dope. It just don't go like that. 
No, just, it don't. You, 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 you damn sure just don't wake up and just start rapping. It just don't go like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and for real people, especially the parents and people that's old, they got their money, ain't got time to invest into somebody that's talented. They can play a piano. They can play a guitar. They can really sing and shit like that. And somebody that's, that's untalented, they might got a little bit more money behind them, but they can go do something and get more attention than their raw talent, you know. You don't see no more brass kids learning how to play brass instruments and the guitar and all that kind of shit in the yeah. urban in, in the urban community. Not every community, but at least where I'm from, it's like mm-hmm. everybody everybody wanna rap and shake their ass and oh I'm a trapper rapper. Like, bro, why you just can't be an MC? Why you can't rap something different besides bang bang shooting more, I'm better than you, I got more money than you shit like that. It's like the yeah. same conversation over and over and over and over and over again. So now it's like it's like gang banging ain't cool. That shit ain't the end no more. And it's to the point now where selling dope ain't cool. Ain't never been cool. Uh, a trapper ain't cool no more. Ain't nothing cool about nothing we doing in hip-hop. It's like people think that shit cool. It's only cool to to those that are green of, of, of it, you know, those that know the outcome of the shit. You know, you, you can't even tell them, like, man, you're going to destroy yourself fucking, fucking with this shit. People don't listen, you know. Yeah. And, and I hate that because rap used to be considered something positive. Now you can't even get you can't get bills you can't even buy builders no more to buy to to do no rap concert or old school sock hop you know what I'm saying sock hop you know what I mean? yeah. we're going to the school sock hop in the morning thirty five cent fifty cents we're gonna jam two hours before you go to class type of shit like that was our shit like you know the school dance you can hear all the hot shit you know and everybody got headphones on somebody shoot your motherfucker pull their phone out rather than call an ambulance and help you. Yeah. And if you if you are right with their phone on it, like man, put your phone down. I'm about to die. <laughs> For real, real close. <laughs> be crazy. Oh shit, that's what's up. You go to a concert now, motherfucker. Put your hands in there. Everybody sit down and look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> jump! Everybody jump. The MC, he 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 controlled the crowd. He controlled the crowd. Yeah. They wait on you to pop out stage. They can videotape your ass. Mm-hmm. Right. They wait on you to get off note with that song. Pull your phone out. They're fucking up. <laughs> I really. Yeah, but I, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, tell everybody your your social network uh, link so we can so they can hit you up. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Cottonmouth, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Cottonmouth with a K. And uh, Instagram is Cottonmouth, Jesse. And um, my YouTube channel is uh, Cottonmouth, Jesse. I got uh, a couple of videos up. Uh, my SoundCloud is Cottonmouth, Jesse. Um, once again, Cottonmouth with a K, not a C, because ain't no snake in me. Uh, Cottonmouth is for smoking big and sipping big. kind of you. No kind of reptilian under rock type shit or snake in the grass type shit. It's cottonmouth, cut and dry, you know. That's what's up. But it's cottonmouth, Jesse, man. You know, I'm live on graffitiradio.net, man. Letting y'all know the real shit, everybody. Stay down and uh, stay positive and keep your goddamn head on the swivel, man. That's what's All right. up. That's what's All up. All right. Well, there you have it. Another hip hop backstory here on Graffiti Talk Radio. And um, I just want to thank you, Cottonmouth Jesse, for coming on. It was a pleasure to to sit back and reminisce with you about the past and and um and, and, and the bright future that you got going on right now. 
R.P. Big Hawk, man. John, John, Big John Hawker, man. We love you. We miss you. You know, uh, next month is Death Day coming up. So if you out there, man, you know, uh, May 4th, May 3rd, man, you know, just beginning of May, man, to start putting the H.A. dub in your life and thinking about my partner, man, missing, missing. Already. Already. That's what's up. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, we out. Peace. 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 Yeah.